Welcome everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. I'm your host, Catherine, with my co-host, Samuel. What up, Art World? Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year, 2023. I heard Katie is going to not miss a podcast like she did last year. Yes, she's not very dedicated to my art and craft of podcasting. She's not going to let pregnancy get in the way. Nope. Nope, not at all. Not ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm really excited to welcome our guest today, John Bourne II. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me, guys. Hello, Art World. Happy New Year. I'm super excited. This is my first podcast ever, so forgive me if I mess up. (laughs) There's no messing up. (laughs) Yeah, there's no messing up on the podcast. (laughs) And if you do, I'll edit you out. (laughs) Completely. It's just, he just got a black screen. (laughs) It's like we had no guest at all. Yeah, just get cut. (laughs) (laughs) No guest. Uh, So if you want to look up John before we begin, um, you can find him on Instagram at John Bourne the second, or if you want to find more of his work, um, you can go to his crypto site. Is there an easy way to get to that site or do you suggest people going to your Instagram and then clicking on the I would say mostly my Instagram. Um, also, for my professional professional and portfolio use, I use a really cool website called ArtStation. So I have an ArtStation slash John Bourne 2. Uh, that's a really good way to see all my stuff sort of organized. Uh, that's got illustrations, oils, and also my early storyboard stuff that I've been working on in school. Awesome. Um, I liked what you go go, Katie I was just gonna say I like what you had on your um, NFT site where you're a freelance artist from LA my mind is weird and my drawings are weirder the world is twist a twisted place and I want to twist it some more no artsy fartsy art here just colors and chaos (laughs) I do like that as well I'm especially proud of that one I uh I wrote that one a while ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I lo- uh, yeah, it, it really reflects on how I how I kind of view art. I know that technique-wise, especially with the world of technology we live in, to me, the journey in art isn't really like creating something the best I can, even though sometimes I do have times where I practice that, really realistic painting, but mostly I... I just like to create funny stuff. I just like taking something and making it a little bit more kooky or having someone just stop and say, well, that's an, that's an interesting take or that's, that's weird. Um, I take a lot of inspiration from food and sort of, I don't know how you would call it lowbrow or sort of like kitschy stuff. Like, uh, I'm working on a series right now where I'm just mixing some of my favorite things from growing up, which was working on cars with my dad. So muscle cars and car culture and mixing it with Dungeons and Dragons and creating sort of illustrations that are both and hopefully taking that and creating a game or 
a story with it so you said you're doing a lot of storyboarding um yeah. what and is is it just for class or is that something you've always been interested in i am i've just really started my my journey into it i've taken a class and i am continuing making little either taking the projects that I started in class and just polishing them up. But uh, I seem to be writing down a lot more just basic outlines. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing is finding stories. I find my mind works a lot like um, just clips, movie clips of stories that haven't happened. So I get these wild fight scenes or, or crazy things in my head and I'll write them down but the idea of creating a full story is a little intimidating to me. So, right. I'm just really trying to figure out how to tell stories. And one of the coolest things that I've learned from in my class is taking first drafts of scripts that maybe weren't used or scripts of things that people know, like on that art station profile, one of my favorite things I did was take about two pages of Lord of the Rings, the two towers and mm -hmm. uh, fight where, between Gandalf and the Balrog and I kind of just reimagined it totally redesigned the Balrog and that whole fight and I love it but it it just shows my storytelling style and okay yeah uh because I was on your freelance page earlier today and I saw the one of I'm assuming it it seems like a true story of like your family in a canoe yeah. uh giving you like the before you get it go into the canoe you get a rock the canoe yep. flips over you kind of have a, a near-death experience thinking that a, a fish or a dead fish is coming to save you and then when you get pulled out by your dad uh you still have the rock that he gave you in your hand and uh it turns out that rock also was a fossil yeah so that story is I'm trying to be generous here. That story is about 75% true. Mm -hmm. I, I did as a child go, my parents and I did canoeing and I, it got flipped and I did kind of drift down the river for a while. And when they pulled me out, actually somebody else pulled me out because it was too fast for my parents. Mm -hmm. I made it a little more compelling and, you know, animated my dad chasing after it, but really some Nice people were sitting on on the bank, pulled the boat in, had no idea I was underneath it, flipped it, and started giving me CPR. Uh, the fish and the rock didn't happen, but I wanted to kind of, uh, one, put in my grandfather as a sort of mentor character, like, hey, I know you don't want to do this thing, but take this rock, take this token, mm -hmm. which is a, uh, a normal storytelling device. You know, you have something that you didn't know was a boon until you're in the, the jaws of death. And then you've got what you needed all along. And that was that kind of fossil. That was a guide helping me away from, you know, death. I, I think you should always say anything you do is a hundred percent true because you know, that's what comedians do anyways. It's just, ah, that's true. I, <laughs> everyone... yeah. yeah. That happened to me. I'm, I'm haunted by that fish right now. But it's really a cool, because um, I, I have not seen a lot of storyboarding, I mm -hmm. guess, because you, as normal people, I guess, you just see the end product. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to see the detail of it, because like each character has like their own color 
all the way yeah. through, which mm -hmm. is interesting because it's very easy like looking at it to go like, oh, that's where that person is the whole time instead of kind of like analyzing it in like, I guess like a, a picture book or something. It's a little bit easier when they're colored just as that individual. Yeah. It's it's what the animators who will take this and depending on how tight the or how detailed the storyboard is, I got the critique a lot that what I created was there was no room for any sort of interpretation. That was just going to go right to the animator and be done as is. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really helpful to create those just single character colors to map everything out. I think uh, one of my favorite uh, animations and comic books is Invincible that's out on uh, Amazon Prime and that I literally watched some of the storyboarding and then that's something that I pulled from them. They would do the detailed background or a sort of blurry version of it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the main dad character, he's pink, this one's blue. So then when they're doing all this crazy fighting, it's easy to, to map out. Mm -hmm. What would you say your favorite medium as of right now to work in? Cause you have a ton of different the stuff that you do you do watercolors and oils and pen and I, paper i think i approach art like i approach eating it's all just sort of like one big golden corral i'm here to do it as much as i can <laughs> it, it's hard to pick favorites you know mm -hmm. i would say i have found my biggest growth and really some of my best memories of would be oil painting and really mm -hmm. that comes down to going to Rome this last summer and and painting some of the beautiful architecture and ruins there but also just figuring out some of the techniques and being taught how old masters did it and this sort of easy step-by-step -step process of uh, uh is just so satisfying I think oil is one of those things that when you're not trained in it or you haven't researched it it seems so bewildering you can mess it up randomly i remember when i first tried oil like cracks would just run through my paintings it would slough off of the surface I was, it was too wet or you know so once that i figured out the process and, and have had some really great teachers break it down it's it's the one i think i can do the most with i i get close my whole goal is to master representational painting so I can create really authentic or tell a beautiful story in fantasy, if that makes sense. So I, I would have to say oil, but the more that I'm going uh, to Disneyland every week or so and doing watercolor, that, it just, that's reawakened that love for, for that medium. So short answer would just be painting in general all of it <laughs> um, there's like, two things that uh from when you were talking that i want to ask you about one is your obviously your experience in rome and then also are you going to disneyland are you hired by disneyland to do watercolors or are you just going to disneyland nope. and painting watercolors there i um i am simply going to disneyland with a little it, it's supposed to be like a laptop holder it's a little padded bottom hard top 
I, I tape a piece of paper there. I take my little portable watercolor set and I just try to post up either on a table or somewhere out of the way and I just paint. And it first, it started as the first one I did was on my birthday. I told my wife, I, cause we have magic key passes. We go all the time instead of date nights. That's what we do. It's easy. Uh, and I said, I just want to go paint. I just want to go be inspired by my favorite place and go paint. So I did that and I just kept going back. And now she basically told me, well, we're going to start recording all of these and take and, and make you an Instagram because these are amazing. Uh, and really right now it's just, I'm, I'm looking at it as, is it serves two purposes. One, I'm creating a fun community and following and sort of spreading magic as I call it because anytime a child especially comes up to me asks me what I'm doing or shows me their art I had a kid show me their Aww. sketchbook I give them a painting and I don't tell like I just uh ask them which one of the ones that I carry with me are my favorite are their favorite and then I, I'll just wrap it up and give it to them and that's been so satisfying and I feel like that's it's a cure for burnout more than anything the idea of especially in digital art, which I feel like is my weakest medium. I've just been, I've been on it and on it with NFTs and creating storyboards and character designs that I get burnout. I'm like, I am tired of this because it's something I really have to actively learn. But then when I go there, I'm just, I'm in another place. I'm just studying the architecture and having a good time and really, uh, letting the art come effortlessly mm -hmm. and it's different to uh being or i'm assuming it's different to being out in public and having the people like the energy around you because if you like lock yourself in a room to get something done it's hard to i yes. feel like that's where uh i get burnt out writing is if i lock myself in a room and i don't do anything where I think a lot of writers or a lot of people go out to coffee shops because there's energy that keeps you going. Keeps you on. Absolutely. I, I feel like being uh, an ADHD fellow who, um, and my wife can attest to this. I, I'm impressed that I'm staying still for this long sitting in this <laughs> chair. I am a, I'm a pacer and Sam, you've been to my house. I don't stop moving. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I pace around. And anytime I'm doing work or art, I've got an audiobook or something auditory going in my head to help me focus. And I find that when I'm at my house here, I kind of need silence or just that. And, you know, my wife's watching TV or doing her, her sessions that it's not at all her fault, but I just get, I get swept up in whatever she's doing or I start you know, just losing focus, but there you're right. There's just this energy, this magic that, you know, I, the idea that a cast member is going to see and like talk to me about it is really exciting, but like, I can always feel people looking over my shoulder and watching mm -hmm. me. And I really want to put a sign on that says, Hey, you can talk to me. Like, please interrupt me. Yeah. Um, Cause I really love it. I, and I want, I just want to inspire people as much as that place inspires me. So I should get you a shirt done that basically has like your Instagram or like 
yes. QR code. And then at the bottom, like, don't hesitate to come up and talk to me. It'd be yes. a great shirt. <laughs> oh, and, is that a separate Instagram? It is. So yeah. if you go to Merlin's underscore paintbrush, that's where you can see all of his um, art that he does there. Right? Am I? Huh? Merlin's underscore paintbrush. Okay. I was going to say that. Uh, I forgot to tell you before the show started that, yeah, that's a new Instagram that we started, but I am, uh, I'm actually excited because we're going there on Saturday, but my friend who is a sort of Disney TikToker, she's gotten, she's got like 30 something thousand followers now. I'm doing a giveaway for her. So she's going to pick a random person. They're going to tell me what attraction they like, and I'm going to go there and paint it. And, uh, give that to him so that's cool yeah it's fun that's super I, cool i am oh i was gonna say the other purpose this serves is it's just working on consistency i think knowing what kind of art or what level i can produce every single day or close to that and i've been really excited about how like I said, effortless it comes when I'm inspired. It's it's easy to do. I don't think of, oh, I got to do three more of these paintings. I'm just like, let's go back. <laughs> and you said this is uh, when you color, it's watercolor. Or is it a marker? Uh, this is watercolor. So basically, okay. I, I either sketch it or I just freehand it in pen. Uh, and then I watercolor over it. And if it's if I need to adjust anything or maybe add a little bit more stronger whites or more vibrant colors, I'll use what's called gouache. Which and what is, is that? Gouache is a really um, popular and vibrant illustrating sort of paint. It is watercolors, big brother, basically. It is uh, opaque watercolor. So instead of watercolor that sort of has that transparent look to it, gouache mm-hmm. layers color on top of itself really well An okay example of some of the best gouache paintings i think there are would be any background paintings of a studio ghibli like miyazaki movies those are all wash okay kind of so, like um like if i'm looking at your um instagram pinocchio picture that you've done um the blues in that whale are that kind of um wash no that's actually that is a different sort of technique of watercolor i i put the water down all around that whale first and i literally just dabbed in more and more color but if you go to my instagram and look at the gonzo painting uh there's a painting of gonzo there from uh muppet christmas carol which is another thing that i want to do I was trying to stream this one, but I kept getting flagged because they're like, you don't own this character. Uh, <laughs> they, they kicked me off. But the sky, the background of that, some of the really vibrant colors in that piece are gouache. Okay. So it's great for really strong highlights. A lot of artists use just white gouache to make like points in the eyes or really shiny stuff. But I also like it because it covers up any mistakes you might make. I love Muppet Christmas Carol. I need to watch that. I didn't know that it, it's the same age as me. I this is both a I did that for Christmas time, but it was the 30th anniversary. I just turned <laughs> oh. really? Hmm. Huh? Um, so this I'm gonna ask a question and don't 
take offense to it. And all the listeners also don't take offense to it <laughs> because uh, we interview artists that are older. Um, and they seem like, you know, when you interview someone that has a, 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 that's, that's what they've been doing forever. They seem very established in that space. Um, and you are on the younger side of art. So you're mm -hmm. like, if you're broad, broad scope, you're like the younger side getting into it, even though you've been doing art for literally ever. Yeah. Um, how do you feel getting yourself known or like pushing your art out there? How, how do you, how do you feel like in today's age pushing it? Cause before when we talked to people, it was like, Oh, I went to galleries and put my heart up or I went to, um, or I just put my website up, but now with all the different social medias and all this craziness, it seems that it's hard to get your voice really out there. Like you can get it out there, but getting people to come to it is hard. Yes. I, you're absolutely right. I think this day and age, it, everything is easy to an extent. And um, as a consumer, you, you a couple clicks, and especially with the prevalence of AI art, you can have a really amazingly done piece quickly. So I would say that the biggest thing that I notice is that social media is the biggest tool and enemy of young up and coming artists. And it's and I'm, I wish I had an answer of like how to do it, but <laughs> I'm still working through it myself. I would say that as an artist, something that I've learned, especially with creating my Instagram just for art is that if I, if I use it like a consumer, if I'm on there just scrolling through Instagram, like my brain wants to do, like I've been doing since I got my phone as a teenager, um, I find the biggest feeling that I get is just I am one drop in a wave of artists and a lot of uh, I almost feel like I keep missing opportunities I'll see a great piece and be like oh I've got the skills for that but I didn't think of that mm, maybe the next one and I keep scrolling and it's just like I'm making the potential for my next piece smaller and smaller and smaller and I have to stop myself and say wait a minute stop it's not a, I got here first sort of game. And that's what it feels like. You, know, uh, you gotta make as much content as quick as you can. And I just don't subscribe to that. I, I wish that I did take digital art a little more seriously. I feel like I am one of many artists who is in the world between traditional and digital art. I. I was told like at a young age, like, hey, put a lot of time and detail, just like the old masters into your paintings. And then, you know, you try to make money and people are like, well, I need 30 storyboards or I need 30 pictures done in a week. And, I'm, and it's just not your skill set. I would say that uh, I have a, a wife who has a very different level of appreciation for my art than I do. I kind of find my own art and my journey as I am walking along this big swirling garden and there are different areas and types of art and 
You can go backwards in time and go look through the museum of all these beautiful master paintings. But all of these artists that are on this on social media are also in this garden. And it's not a straight line. We're not competing. We're all walking a different path, a different journey. So what was the question? <laughs> Honestly, you've, you've, been, you've been answering it. I just think it's hard when you are at your age, you feel mm -hmm. like I'm getting older, especially like when you hit 30, you're like, hell oh, shit. Um, I'm pretty old, but in like the grand scheme of things with that and feeling like, oh, my parents were doing this or like other people were doing that with the, with something like art, it takes people so much longer to be almost appreciated or known by a group or by a large yeah. amount of people. And mm -hmm. it takes so much time that in the grand scheme of things, you're, you are a young artist even though you're not 12, you're 30. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah, it's crazy and I, to think it that way. Mm -hmm. And I, there are always more plateaus of where you can be success-wise. I told my wife a couple of years ago, okay, this year I'm going to make five grand through my art. And that didn't happen that first year or two. Mm -hmm. And then just recently that happened. And now it's, it's starting to pick up and it's, I have to temper that feeling of, okay, here's the next linear achievement. Here's the next, all right, now you're completely self-sufficient or now you've got a big boy job. You're going to work for mm -hmm. DreamWorks or Disney or somebody, Pixar. I have to understand that my art doesn't climb that straight line. It doesn't go linearly. Sometimes I have to go be bad at something or not you know, put myself into a different community. And right now that's how I'm trying to get myself known, I guess, is just do the thing that I feel the best about, especially this Disney stuff and make it accessible to people. And I think someone was just on the phone telling me like, Hey, you, you don't charge enough charge. He said, so he's like a thousand dollars a painting. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm, I'm not trying to subscribe to that fine art world either i i want to make the the feeling that i create with these paintings accessible to everybody so that's why i thank thank my lucky stars for my wife because she cares about money and, and she's the sort of manager to my to my wandering talent mm -hmm. um I like what you had to say about like the bar is always shifting up. So yeah. like e even as you grow higher and get more accomplished as an artist, that bar is always shifting. So you will never actually feel like, okay, I've made it because yeah. I've gotten to, because it's always moving up. And I love what you said about how you sometimes have to go and be bad at something because mm -hmm. your interest as an artist can shift. And you're like, oh, I'm interested now in doing this medium that I've never tried before. Mm -hmm. Let me try it. Like I'm great at painting, but I wanna do this other thing now. And to be okay with kind of failing at that for a while is really important with the artist journey. I, I thought that was really important yeah, to, to it's say. It's another path in that garden that you decide mm -hmm. to walk down.
And every time you do that, you might attract people to come with you and look at your stuff and, and hopefully give you patronage. Or you have given yourself another tool. You know what works. I, I am so happy. I, for a long time, was pursuing another path of like improv comedy and comedy writing. And I found at the end of the day, my solace was drawing. It's just not, it, it wasn't making people laugh. I loved it. And I want to utilize that and, and do both with my art, but you just have to find what really fulfills you. And the hardest thing was to believe that you've just got to put it out there and the things you've did in the past, I found nine out of 10 times have helped me achieve more things, if that makes sense. Like my my ability to improvise and work with a team has been really great for doing projects with other people and animating and and creating fun ideas for my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. So I I already understood a little bit of comedic, at least story structure and add that in with I've been painting for years. The idea of doing really quick storyboards isn't as daunting as I see some even younger artists than me. And I think, cause I'm right now, I'm at Santa Monica College, nothing fancy, just getting all my education in so I can eventually go to Art Center or one of the big colleges or universities. But I've really enjoyed just trying to inspire other artists. And I have seen other artists like really defensive of their material. And I feel like that's an older artist thing. Like I have created my niche. I've got my style. If you encroach on my style, we've got a problem. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I try not to be a gatekeeper like that at all, but I'm not trying to call anybody out. <laughs> but you have a good point that I feel like with, I Katie and I talk about this a lot where there's kind of a new wave of art coming and it is it's it's definitely happening where you have more like you kind of already said it you need to produce a lot more content yeah and it's mainly just how much content can you push where before it used to be this is my one masterpiece yep. pay me a lot of money and this is my next masterpiece and my collection of art is not at huge but they're all considered masterpieces where now we're more interested in kind of the artist's journey or the statement it's making or the expression of soul through it. And it's, uh, I think it's, it's going to be harder for people to let go of their art kind of, and just kind of almost give it away and, until they get to a point where they don't need to give it away anymore to where they can charge or, you know, or they can still give it away and people donate a ton of money because they are just so grateful to have that artist around. I think a huge shift in art happened, especially, and it's been here for a long time, but even as photography was coming along and abstract art really opened up the idea that art isn't, isn't about the craft of the art. And I go back and forth between that, like, am I a craftsman? Because I'm really learning techniques and how to do things to create over and over again, or I'm, 
or am I an artist? Do I elicit a concept or feeling through my art? And I think the good artists are both, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you don't have to be a good craftsman to be a great artist. I think performance art and really conceptual art is amazing. I personally, there are some that I, I think is a stretch, (laughs) Um, but then there are some that is just so, so inspiring. Uh, I, I really like, if you've ever heard of Robert Williams, he is kind of a really interesting blend of it. It's considered fine art. He has fought to make it considered fine art, but it's really heavily on strange lowbrow, like pinup girls mixed with burritos and devils and like muscle car. Like it's a, it's a really interesting kishy collection. And it works because he's a, he's an amazing draftsman. He, he's great with his color, but also he has a concept that, that you really have to think about. And I think nowadays the artist as a whole is kind of thought as the concept, like you said, their story, but creating really what's, what's the word stimulating or really design friendly content is the name of the game i can't tell you i there are just so many what's the word i because the technology has gotten so good that yeah i think we are leaning more into craftsmen rather than artists or really how we appreciate those two things and that's why ai scares me (laughs) Because that's all technique. Um, and now it's getting really good at creating a concept with those established techniques. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you how you, you said you went and studied in Rome? Yes. Oh, yeah. Was that part of your school process or were you just like, I'm going and painting? Like, how was how did that happen? Uh, yeah, it was a it was a class. I have an oil painting professor who is really amazing, technically speaking. Uh, his name is Mark Trujillo. He's an amazing oil painter, and he does a Rome workshop with a couple of other artists and teachers. Excuse me, uh, focusing on certain styles and studying Rome as they pertain to those styles. So, I went there for what's called a plain air workshop plain air painting is where the artist goes out into outside literally the air (laughs) air, and um paints along with the change of the light whatever he or she may see so we went there and it was a physical experience i'll say that it was never under 90 degrees (laughs) the whole two weeks that we went But basically, my wife got to have a fun vacation. We got a cute little Airbnb in Rome. And every day she had a new experience, you know, making pasta or going truffle hunting or going to the Amalfi Coast, where I was uh, lugging this 20-pound box and all my paints to (laughs) under some bridge or in a park, just painting. And um, actually, I think I've got an example right here. I keep these behind the... uh, so mm-hmm. oh, very cool it's too bright the light there it is 
that's on that's uh saint peter's dome in the vatican so we just uh went out there i think every day it was a good eight six to eight hour day that we would just either go to a museum earlier in the day and then paint for hours and it is one of the biggest things that made me appreciate architecture i had um This is kind of a tangent. I think every artist has a sort of order of, especially if they're trying to tackle representational art, they mm -hmm. have an order of things that they're willing to do. Like for a long time, I was like, I don't really like drawing realistic figure drawing. And then I took a class and I got really into that. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, I'm not a landscape guy. I don't really <clears throat> like landscapes. And that's really just me saying, I can't do landscapes. <laughs> <laughs> And then you you practice it or you show someone shows you a way or really just I took an art appreciation class and that opened it up too right before I went to Rome. Um, so I know everyone puts those in different spots. So it's hard. That's another one of those dangers of social media. I can't tell you. I'll go on to social media and see just hundreds of hand, beautiful hand drawings. And I'm just like, oh. Oh no, I can't draw hands. That's the next thing I gotta, I gotta submerge <laughs> myself into hands. <laughs> uh, so with Rome, I, I had one more thing I was going to say. I, I found that I was, that was one of those places that the energy was just so different. It's very different than even Disneyland because I felt especially with a group of eight of us or so, I felt a part of the landscape itself. I was an artist appreciating art in its original environment. And people would come by and take pictures of us or like, you know, selfies and ask to take pictures of our art. It was, a, it was really cool. A couple of people asked me if I was Italian and I had to say <laughs> Americano. <laughs> so... I really wanted to go back because like I said, there were three other types of classes going on with me, uh, but they were all indoor classes. So those were more studio painting or sculpting. So going in one room, you know, everyone's just sitting there doing their own thing and painting. So the class that I got, we really became a group because we had to walk everywhere together and sit out in the heat and eat lunch outside. So we got accused of being a little clicky with each other, <laughs> but it was also during COVID and we were like, we're going to stay outside while you guys have art inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it worked out because someone did get COVID and spread it around to all the other inside classes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, yeah, we're not going to do the three class. They had planned like a, all three classes do a dinner together and mm -hmm. we, all the plain air people said no thanks <laughs> we stayed outside and we like it this way yeah keep uh, your germs yes exactly well real quick i want to do a, uh, a plug we've talked about lowbrow uh before on this podcast on episode uh 68 and it's the lowbrow liddy i don't know why you name is that the artist name or the person that wrote it <laughs> i'm talking to you Mass I don't know. You're doing a plug, and I have no idea and, what you're plugging. Um, um, the low, the history of. Let me make sure I'm saying this correct. 
It's the Lives of Lowbrow Artists, Volume One. You can get that on Amazon. We've talked to this, uh, the author that did that mm -hmm. book, who really dives in deeps of different, dive in deep about different artists that do lowbrow art. Um, so it's interesting read uh, if you are interested in learning more about lowbrow art and the yeah, artists that do it. It's a huge and very varied style because it's it's one of those things it's up to interpretation uh and i'm a fan you know I, but not of everyone <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah i like lowbrow art as well but there's a lot of people that just don't like the aesthetic of it yeah. um so but I, I always think it's very fun and there's so much energy that goes into it and it's just different. It's, they take images and make it different than how you would normally see anything yeah. in traditional art. I like the title of that book, you know, The Lies of Lowbrow Artists. I kind of under the philosophy that all artists are liars <laughs> since we're all really slow passive storytellers in a way unless you do performance art i think that's a little faster and immediate but it really comes down to what and this might offend someone what you can bullshit someone into thinking something's about or mm. that's that sort of story or concept and as an artist i know that sometimes it's genuine and sometimes you're like well that sounds good let me <laughs> let me fluff up my artist statement you know tie in someone that is really popular so I don't sound derivative of <laughs> and but and but I love that I think we get to do that in such a fun way and it's not as obvious as acting and it's not as synthetic as maybe like music and how you can control all kinds of different types of music and editing it's 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 very creative storytelling Mm -hmm. and sometimes you only you kind of have to make yourself one of those characters in your story and like uh really connect it with other people because everyone finds through everything they look at every piece of art how does it pertain to me or how i'm feeling or what i care about the world the future and sometimes it's just easier to say yeah that was my plan all along if that's <laughs> how it looks to you absolutely i did plan that <laughs> i that's i tell katie that all the time where i want when i her artist the artist group ever always gets so butthurt when i go what does that piece mean to you and they go what does it mean to you it's like well i i can tell you what it means to me but i want to know what you were thinking when you did this and you're like, just calling the artist out on their bullshit because they don't know what it means they, they need you to tell them that and they'll be like yes i planned that <laughs> exactly because i don't know how many times we've been to events and you've been like oh this is my brother and i will ask that question and then they just shut down or walk away it's like okay yeah. <laughs> cool because we um, don't think of it that way if anything that's like asking what does this gasoline that you're starting a fire with mean like I, it doesn't mean anything i'm starting a fire so people can enjoy the warmth and can absorb it in the way they want to absorb it mm -hmm. get up my face man <laughs> <laughs> uh before we get 
two like uh, i don't know before anything i did want to ask a question because we haven't talked about it yet you do a lot of streaming of art and that's a subject we've talked to no one about so can you run us through like where you stream or how you stream and like how to even get started in that space well i i can i'll tell you how i got started and i know that there is a a much bigger and growing community now on Twitch of artists. I know um, some amazing oil painters that'll just get there or just pen-based illustrators. And really when COVID happened, I wanted a means of keeping myself honest and being like, I'm gonna stream just about every day or have a schedule. At first I did have a set schedule of when I'm gonna stream and be able to, stay productive or finish a piece while also interacting with people. Uh, because I was like, you know, if I'm ever going to have that elusive big boy job, you're going to need to be able to stay on and be productive while also talking. Mm -hmm. So I started that way and I started streaming on Twitch. I then went to back to school. So I don't really stream on Twitch anymore. But I would say that if you wanted to find some of the most established people, Twitch and YouTube are the ways to go. YouTube will have more of a plethora of pre-recorded stuff. So they don't show you maybe the whole process, but time-lapse or narrated videos of them doing stuff, really great. I even use YouTube to learn a few tricks here and there. Oh, I'm to get the cat. Um, hello. <laughs> But, Sorry, for all the people listening to this, the cat just jumped on my lap. I'm trying to get it off. <laughs> I have, uh, I think the biggest thing that I'm doing now is just Instagram. Uh, it's, and some TikTok too, but I'm, I put a lot of my just time-lapse stuff on TikTok and I have to wait till I have like a hunt, like a ton of followers before you can start streaming on there. Mm. So simple answer is, Instagram right now and it it is a little daunting there's a lot of ways to do it I kind of went back and forth on I don't have the equipment to do this do I show my face and my art do I show this do I show that some people especially on the twitch side of things they have created all these fancy graphics and viewer counts and all these things that are on the screen and mm -hmm. It's overwhelming. That <laughs> seems too hard <laughs> to do. Very hard. So I'm really just about putting my camera onto as much of the pictures I can as possible and just keeping another item or a uh, device near me so I can look at the chat, the chat and talk to people. Uh, For your time-lapse ones, uh, it's just through a phone, right? You just have set up a phone and... Yes. Okay. Uh, we actually, I just got a pretty nice arm that just sits there right next to me and in films it. And it really depends on my mood. If I don't really want to talk to anyone or I want to watch TV or a movie, then I'll time lapse. But if I really want to be talking to anyone, then I'll just pop on stream. And some days there's just nobody. Some days you just don't get anyone talking to you at all. So you just... I just chill out and I vibe, I put on some relaxing music. And then sometimes you'll get a ton of questions and attention and it's fun. Do you this have a, a, oh, go this, Katie. This is a really dumb question. 
when you stream or do uh the twitch mm -hmm. um is it that's live then that's like yes when people are so mm -hmm. it's different than youtube because they're pre-recorded but on twitch or when you stream it's all live and people can chat with you and i think i mean this is the nature of all of these sites is they're all competitive competing with each other i think youtube has maybe a live feature now as well they do. So there is, and I was doing this for a little while, and I'm, I want to get back to it. I had a mentor who helped me like set the, all this up, but there's a couple of websites that you can basically put in your information of which website you're going to be using, and you can multi-stream. So I can stream to Twitch at the same time as Instagram, at the same time as this. Um, it's complicated, you know, then mm -hmm. you're dealing with four or five or three or four different chats at once and uh i i eventually stopped doing it because one of the the websites i was streaming out of called d live there was like this duck sound anytime someone would like it and it was just destroying my stream it was just and some people especially in the video game culture they love that while they're playing their games or doing their silly streams just sounds are bombarding them all these notifications and i'm mm -hmm. just like i'm just trying to paint <laughs> too much audio for me so, so you like the idea of um painting and going back to like a chat box answering people's questions and then going back to painting honestly yeah i don't mind i will find that i i do this about four thousand times always checking so that does get a little tedious I found I enjoy the most when my wife Haley will be on the phone, she'll have the chat and she'll just remind me or she'll say something and, and she'll talk to the people while I'm painting. Uh, so she's a nice sort of co-host or intermediary because I find that for the first 15, 20 minutes, I narrate what I say. We're going to put one of these here. We're gonna <laughs> I really Bob Ross it. Uh, a little texture you know and then I just <laughs> shut up I just stop talking and I just get so into it and she has to be like speak <laughs> please keep talking it's interesting because it's almost like you're performing because if you were not streaming you would probably be quiet and not do the narrating and things like that but because you're no when he starts painting he always narrates <laughs> to himself <laughs> that's funny <laughs> honestly honestly sometimes i just dance i have like music on and i'll just like move around so it, it's it all depends it but yeah it's i thought it was going to be more jarring to try to focus on other people but it's not it's really fun i and i think it prepared me really well for going to the park because the first couple times i painted in in disney i was nervous like am i gonna get in the way or is someone gonna like come up to me and be mad that i'm ruining their photo but all i have is little kids come up and be like what are you doing and it's the cutest thing and i love it and yeah I, your instagram with this is super cute just like yeah. the fans of Mer uh, merlin's fans and stuff like that with, that you've saved Mm -hmm. on there it's it's a very cute uh thing and it's cool to see the time lapse yeah um, it's really I cool guess they're way detailed yeah my next thing 
I guess, not to put a lot more pressure on you, but it would be neat to see not a time lapse one, but just like the full thing on like YouTube. And then I also want you to put music behind it so that I could just post it up in my living room and just watch you as yeah. I'm, you know, cleaning. They're, they're hours. <laughs> they're they're long. I have a couple of full videos and really just doing anything with it is tough because you're like, I'm all right, this is three hours of me moving this fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but thank you. It's good to know that I can that I could make make something out of that too. I, the next thing that I want to do is combine the two. So while I am one time lapsing, I'm also streaming live streaming. So then people can vote on what I paint next, or, you mm -hmm. know, compete or something for a giveaway for the painting that I'm currently doing, mm -hmm. but I also got that time lapse for some content. I, I'm just getting the hang of thinking of it as a business and not just practice. Mm -hmm. And I think when I get overwhelmed, I'm like, I'm just, I'm here to get better. I'm just here to get better. But uh, I'm starting to enjoy the idea of, okay, what can I do next? What, what can I do to get more people, like you said, to just interact? Mm -hmm. Well, the business, there's so many different hats just, us talking about this that you have to wear or you are wearing because like the business mindset is completely different than the artist mindset i mean 100%. they don't and even they both usually hate each other yeah so yeah well one is very much like i'm not ever going to be good enough i'm here on my own journey to fulfill something and the other one is like i'm so good you should pay me mm -hmm. <laughs> and just to look at me, you should yes, pay me. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. And then you got to figure out how to sell it and what marketplace. And like, then you have to advertise and market yourself in that way, which is completely different too. At the same time, I'm just fighting this feeling of like this little inner child's like, you're going to get pretty woman. Someone's going to just come up to you while you're at Disney and give you a job. And I'm just like, mm. probably not, but I'm just going to yeah. lean in fun and uh like i said that's why she's been my wife has been so great at this because she really does put it into all right tangible goals stop painting mm -hmm. board yourself for 10 seconds i need something to post today <laughs> yeah no that's nice that you have an advocate that can kind yeah. of keep you on track in a in a different mindset yeah, it, she's been really great because there have de been definite mess ups where like I've recorded at a terrible angle or like part of the tripods in the recording and she's just, she uses it. She's like, I am, I'm ADHD and sometimes I mess things up. I just care about painting <laughs> and those posts get so much attention because so many people are like that. And yeah, I, I'm about bringing people together and, and she's about just making to, money that's funny, money. <laughs> <Getting rich. laughs> well thank you so much for uh coming on the podcast my pleasure yeah, it's been really interesting yeah thank you for letting me babble <laughs> and uh i really enjoyed it um yeah, no, again uh plug where people can find you both instagrams and then your um 
yes other art site absolutely i'm gonna pull it up just so i don't mess it up my um sort of all of my art instagram my oldest one is john born ii i'm born the second and my sort of disney themed watercolor site is merlin's underscore paintbrush uh you can also find me at artstation.com forward slash john born two uh and that's it commissions are always open and obviously from our conversation, you're open to people reaching out with questions and uh, if they want to talk to you about anything, you seem like you would enjoy that. So true. Yep. I, I will. I'm open for advice. Hate mail duels. I don't know. <laughs> <anything. laughs> I'll get myself out there any way I can. Well, great. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Samuel. Do I get a plug? Oh, yeah. Yes. I got plug away. to plug. That's it. Do you want to <laughs> plug your podcast? The podcast I have not been posting. <laughs> I have so many in the bank ready you to post. You give up. me crap all the damn time and you have podcasts that you don't post. <laughs> I know. It's it's the editing part that's uh, keeping me from doing it. You should find uh, someone on Fiverr to do your editing for you. I should. I mean, I have the last podcast since we've been doing it live. So we've been once a month. We do it live at. Um, where do we do it live at? <laughs> I'm blanking. The brewery, <laughs> right? Yeah, brewery. Oh, high def. If you're in L.A. <laughs> in downtown, it's high def brewery. We do it live once once a month. Uh, you can follow me on Samuel underscore P underscore Cooksey to find out when the dates of that are. We just had one this last Wednesday is good. Um, and we're starting off strong. So next, uh, next week or next, not next week, next month, we'll have a, another special guest and a couple openers. So it's fun. Come down if you're in the area and then eventually they'll be posted online so you can watch them or listen to them. And that's it. Great. Katie. Where can uh, people find this podcast? As always, you can find us anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Miss Art World Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube at Miss Art World, um, Instagram Miss Art World, or visit our website, MissArtWorld.com. It's all the same. Just Google Miss Art World. You'll find something that pops up. <laughs> But thank you everyone for listening um, and we'll be back with more podcasts. Bye, Art World. Bye.